everybody doing? That that was that was such an that was such an abrupt stop. It should have like they should have eased the sound down. They should have eased it down with the fader. They should have done it, but they didn't do it right. I gotta be careful when I criticize the soundboard operators because then they'll <laughs> really f things up. All right, it's me. Everybody doing good? So, yesterday we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, Gorsh. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Gorsh. Yeah, I just love that name, Neil Gorsh. Man, is he right out of central casting or what? What a what a very, very handsome man, right? <laughs> what a very handsome man. And watching him uh, maneuver against... Uh, People like Feinstein and uh, Leahy. But the one that stands out the most is Franken. Just watching Franken uh, try to enact his intellectual um, superiority over... A federal judge, and not just any federal judge. I mean, this guy is a professor, the whole nine yards. But watching Franken try to outmaneuver uh, Gorsh is <laughs> its comical. I mean, watching him, and I mean Gorsh, outmaneuver all of them is comical. But uh, Franken is, it's just, it's more comical. It is. It's just more comical. And anytime I hear people go, ah, oh, the president of the United States, he's a, a, a reality star, and oh, look at him. Listen, you want to talk about someone that's so out of place? Al Franken. Because, you know, there's talk that he's going to run in 2020. He's a comedy writer. Okay, this is a Saturday Night Live comedy writer. And I didn't think a very good one. I mean, of course, that's debatable. I think very overrated. But a Saturday Night Live comedy writer. And when you want to talk about voter fraud, you want to talk about shenanigans, you want to talk about why it's so important that we have... Voter ID in 2008, Al Franken basically stole that Senate seat from Norm Coleman with 300 votes. 300 votes. That's what separated them. You guys remember that? It went to the courts. It was what? A year until it was certified. There was investigations into felons voting, and and I, I mean there was so much shenanigans going on, and it lasted so long that it basically was ah, you you win, God you win. If we had voter ID laws, Al Franken would not be a senator 
today. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's just fascinating. It is fascinating. But anyways, watching uh, Gorsh maneuver, because they're always trying to pinpoint him down. And, and he won't let him do it. Even today, when they were uh, talking about the Trump tweet. Remember the tweet where he criticized the federal judges when he said so-called judges? Even that, they couldn't pinpoint him down on. Even though the media said criticism of judges, including Trump's, disheartening. That's the headline. Gorsh says. But they really couldn't pinpoint him on that. Gorsh basically let them say Trump's name. Gorsh said, when anyone criticizes the honesty, the integrity, the motives of a federal judge, I find that disheartening. I find that demoralizing. Because I know the truth. And then Blumenthal said, anyone, including the president? And Gorsh said, anyone is anyone. End of story. That Gorsh, he's not a dum-dum. He's not a dum-dum. Uh, he really isn't. He's not a dum-dum. Rather, it's abortion. Trying to pinpoint him on what he would decide. And it's a trip watching the Democrats bitch and moan about Neil Gorshin. Ah, he's out of the mainstream. He's out. Well, what's out of the mainstream? What's out of the mainstream? And, and it goes back to my point about these federal judges. When all the liberals run around going, see, another federal judge knocked down Trump's travel ban. That just shows you. That just shows you. No, it shows you. That those judges are liberal activist judges. It shows you that these state's attorneys are judge shopping. That's what it shows you. No, judges are in part. Time out. If that was the case, we wouldn't be having this debate with Gorsh in the Supreme Court. If politics and ideology played no part picking judges, then we wouldn't be going through what we're going through right now with Gorsh. So don't tell me, well, you can't say the travel ban is uh, is correct. You got these judges saying they're bad, and uh, no, no, no. Activist judges. So, stop. But, 
Yeah, you know, we didn't get to watch a lot of goosh yesterday because everybody was fixated on and and the Russians, the collusion, the investigation. So nobody really paid attention to Gorsh. I think the Democrats kind of effed up themselves. And by putting all of these hearings or, or, or invest, whatever the hell they're doing on top of each other, there, there's, there's just too much. There's too much. People missed yesterday. Now they're on today. And while this is going on, you got the, the health care bill making its way around. Democrats don't know if they should they should filibuster this, if they should complain about that. Here's my prediction. Gorsh is going to get nominated. And they're not going to stop Gorsh. The, the, the guy's too good. The guy's too good. They're not going to stop him. They're not going to stop him. Even with Chuck Schumer's we should put all the confirmations on hold because Donald Trump is under investigation by the FBI. He's under investigation. Well, is he under investigation by the FBI? James Comey said he's under investigation by the FBI. Well, was he under investigation by the FBI three months ago? Was he under investigation by the FBI four months ago? Comey said he was under investigation in July. But then Clapper, and then the number two man at the CIA said they found no collusion whatsoever between Trump, Trump's campaign, and the Russians. So which one is it? What's remember? We talked about it yesterday. We talked about it last week. We talked about it the week before. They are going to do everything in their power to make sure Donald Trump does not succeed. They are going to make sure that Donald Trump fails by any means necessary. Because not only, not only effing up business for all of these senators and congressmen and lobbyists, but he's also opening the doors to the people like Mark Cuban. And Oprah Winfrey, George Clooney, all of these celebrities who are going, hmm, I think, you know, I think I can run. And the last thing, the last thing, any of these senators or governors want. Is some non-politician 
to come in and take their spot. Remember, it was supposed to be Jeb Bush against Hillary Clinton. Marco Rubio was supposed to be Jeb's vice president, came along, destroyed Jeb Bush. I've just destroyed him. He will never, ever run for president again. Destroyed. How old is the guy? He's a 60, late 50s? His political career destroyed. Trump opened that door. All of these non-politicians to go, hmm, you know, I could do this. Think about how many Democrats right now are just salivating, just, 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 just dripping of, of slobber for 2020. Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, hell, maybe Hillary will, will make a run again. But imagine if all of a sudden, Ope, Ope throws her hat in the ring. You know, I'm going to run. Elizabeth Warren gone, Booker gone, Hillary gone, Bernie. I mean, any of the old time gone, gone. Remember, when you run for president, it, it, it's, a, it's a window. It's that window, that opportunity. You know, look at McCain. Two shots, and he failed. And Trump comes along. And does it. First time. So they're going to do everything in their power. To make sure Trump fails. And it's, and it's, it's, it's deeper. It's deeper than Republican Democrat. When you come in and, and, and mess with people's system. Seriously, when you go in and it happens, just, just think about. Every situation that you've ever heard where somebody goes in and shakes things up, nine out of ten times, that person fails because people that are embedded into that system have everything to lose. They have everything to lose if that person succeeds. So rather it's football, rather it's baseball, anything that has a lot of moving parts, nine out of ten times fails, and they fail because of people from within. It doesn't fail because of that person. fails because, you know, uh, assistants are working against the coach. Scouts are working against the coach. Trainers. People are working against the coach because they don't like the fact that this coach came in and said, all right, we're changing everything up. We don't need you. We don't need this. We don't need that. We're going to do it this way. We're going to. And that threatens 10, 20, 30 years of protocol. And that's what's going on now. What if 
you know, Trump wants to do this big cut to the EPA, 3,000 jobs. Now, just imagine this. Trump cuts 3,000 jobs from the EPA, slashes funding, big, big slash. And in four years, we still have clean water. We still have clean air. Still have clean forests. I mean, what if after four years, everybody goes, huh, I thought we were supposed to be swimming in lakes of sludge. I thought when I went to the faucet, I was going to be drinking poison, acid-filled. What happened? That's the biggest fear. That's the biggest fear. And it already started with Trump winning. Remember, before Trump won, it was if Trump wins, the world's going to explode. The financial system's going to collapse. There's going to be a nuclear holocaust. And then he won, and then it didn't happen. And all those people that said that would happen are all walking around going, uh, 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 well, uh, uh. And all of these people are now saying, well, if you cut this, this is going to happen. If you cut that, this is going to happen. You can't cut. You, you can't cut the, the, the arts. You can't cut people. You realize we won't have Hamilton anymore? No, that's not right. That's not right. You can't even buy a ticket to Hamilton. You can't buy a ticket to Hamilton. And yet they got $30,000. The average ticket to Hamilton costs anywhere between $700 and $1,300. And yet they got thirty grand. They got thirty grand for the government. All it does is a giveaway because people that are in that department have ties that go all the way up the chain of command, and it's just expected. Like I told you, when you have a big company and, and you have people that are on the payroll and you know you could do without, but they've been there so long, and their pay is factored into the operating cost. Yeah, you could cut that person, you could cut that person, but you know what? Right now, everybody gets a paycheck, you drive your Bentley, these people have their Nissans, everybody's happy. Eh, it is what it is. Sesame Street. Big Bird. You keep seeing the images of Big Bird. They're going to cut Big Bird. Big Bird. I, I, I got a kid, okay? I got a kid. I go to Toys R Us because I got to buy baby formula and stuff. Do you realize Sesame Street has their own section? Does the government get a piece of that action? 
when Sesame Street is licensing Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, every other character from Sesame Street, does the government get a piece out of that action? Do us taxpayers get a, a check in the mail? Do we get a little rebate, like a dollar rebate that says, oh, that's uh, from the Big Bird uh, 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 sales? Of course not. All these celebrities crying, oh, my God, what is a world? What is this? Again, the thing that freaks right out, the lobbyists out, the, the system, the, the political system, these leeches, these scum that make millions of dollars. Millions. You know, whenever you hear Bernie Sanders, that old bastard, the billionaires and the mi- Man, the billionaires and the millionaires, that's not the problem. That's not the problem. Some guy who owns 25 restaurants, who's making 10 million, he's not the problem. It's Washington. It's the system that's the problem. The problem, it's those millionaires. That's the problem. And they don't want Trump to succeed because if he makes these cuts... And after two, three, four years, the American people go, huh. So we're completely fine with shedding $10 billion there. Huh. We're completely fine with shedding $6 billion there. Wow. We could have been doing that for five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Huh. And that's the biggest threat to everybody in Washington. It's the biggest threat. Kind of like that old television show, you know, where that always gets recycled. That shows the person being afraid. That if they do X, Y, Z or A, B, E, that the people are going to realize that they don't need them? That's what Washington is freaking out about. That if Trump is able to do the things that he wants to do, the American people are going to say, huh, We really don't need this. And we really don't need that. And the American people will demand cuts. Like, more cuts. Like, the American people, instead of half the people bitching and moaning about tranny bathrooms... They'll say, hey, why is this the way it is? Why do we have that? President Trump showed that we don't need these things.
So they're going to do everything in their power to make sure he doesn't succeed. That's why, listen, that's why there was no fiery pushback from the Republicans. It was Trey Gowdy. That was it. That's it. That, that was who was pushing back against the Democrats and their talking points. That was it. That was it. So, uh, what we what a day. Gorsh, Trump, crazy. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna be going up and down. All right, we're gonna be going up and then we're gonna go down. We're gonna talk about this topic. We'll come back to that topic. We'll go around and around and around and where we stop no one knows but when we come back i do want to talk about a story that is is basically being ignored by the media by by all media and i think it's pretty scary but when we get back let's talk about it let's let's flush it out all right let's let's flush it out it's Rob's Carey. It's Rob's Carey. She'll be right back after these words from Hillary Clinton, the hot sauce queen. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting information right now? <laughs> hot sauce. Hot sauce in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, seriously, hot sauce. So I've been I've been eating a lot of hot sauce, a lot of uh, raw peppers and hot sauce. That's why you're coughing. You might need to slow down. I need to, yeah, yeah, I'm having a rebellion against it uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot sauce is good for you. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Rob's scared. Rob's scared. Show. You know, whenever I hear that clip, what I mean, there's more. You know, Hillary clips than that that make me go. I, I, she did, she did, Trump don't need the Russians to beat her. <laughs> and when you hear that clip of her talking about having hot sauce in her purse, which is a direct, I mean a direct ripoff of Beyonce's song Formation, talking about hot sauce in her swag bag. I I mean, (laughs) you know, really, you really, you really, I know if you're on the left, you're steadfast. No, the Russians, the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. But listen, really, really, I mean, anybody, anybody that had Charisma, that had charm, that had a different message, was going to beat Hillary. Now, I'm not saying Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, but another Trump-style figure. Now, I know you hate Trump. I know on the left you hate Trump, and some on the right you hate Trump, but Trump had... The flair, he had the charisma. I mean, he still does, but I'm just talking about 
primaries. I'm talking about that person during the primaries of Obama. The exact same. And remember, when Obama ran and he was putting 10, 20, 30,000 people in the stadium, that was clear indication that there was a movement. Everyone on the left said, oh, there's a movement. He's going to win. Nobody's ever seen it like this. Oh, my God. Now, when Trump did it, it was, ah, that's not real. It's not real. These people aren't going to vote. They're just there for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know they waited in line for five hours in the rain and in the snow. We know, But you know what? When push comes to shove on election day, they're not going to vote. I mean, the left, and not just the left, but the right, the pundits, the people that make millions of dollars to talk about politics because they're experts. Were so wrong, and, and 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 they knew deep down in their hearts, big crowds, excitement equals didn't want to say that because they despised Trump so much. But Trump, during the campaign, had Obama-like charisma. So, if another candidate on the Republican side was like that, they would have beat Hillary. Hillary was a horrible candidate. She was horrible. Okay? She was horrible. People didn't want to vote for her. They didn't want to vote for her. They just needed somebody that had a little more pizzazz, a little more flair than Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or Jeb Bush. But Hillary would have Hillary would have killed Jeb Bush. You think Jeb, Mr. Low Energy Jeb, would have beat Hillary? Hell no. Hell no. So every time I hear these the Hillary clips, I go, come on, man. Just stop. <laughs> stop. Russians. Just just stop. Okay? Just stop. You just please stop. Anyways, let's get uh <laughs> let's get uh to the story. Story as far as I'm concerned is really scary. And any story should have panels and, uh, you know, dedicated days and days and days and days of conversation. It should be uh, the uh, Kurt Eichenwald situation. Now, those of you who don't remember who Kurt Eichenwald is, a Newsweek reporter, and he's a nut job. Uh, like he's a nut job. He's a, 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 a liberal nut job uh, who, during the primaries and the general, 
would just write hit piece after hit piece about Donald Trump. Like, just just scathing, like scathing hit pieces. I mean, you want to talk about fake news? Ay, ay, ay. Just wild hit pieces. Stories built on innuendo and, and, of course, anonymous sources. And this guy's so nuts. You know the anonymous sources were just made-up people. They're just made-up people. You, you know it. You know it. I mean, we've talked about anonymous sources before. You get a badge on a janitor. That says Justice Department, Miguel, Miguel Santos, custodial, uh, you know, president, uh, the, the Justice Department. That that's that's good enough for a rep. Uh, person from Justice Department told us that uh, Donald Trump was uh, uh, masturbating in the men's bathroom. That's it. Where's your source? I got a source. As long as they can make that source be real, it doesn't matter if it's a janitor. It doesn't matter if they say, hey, uh, I heard uh, Donald Trump is masturbating in the bathroom. Uh-huh. I said, look, shit, look, yes. See, okay, yep, there you go. So this Kurt Eitenwald is a nut job. Absolute nut job. And he will go on... Tucker Carlson and, and get into this back and forth and just crazy talk, like crazy talk. I even tweeted out, uh, you know, clips of Eichenwald where he's just, oh, I mean, like, and you're, and you're thinking, man, this guy is a, is a Newsweek reporter. So, um, Months ago, somebody sent him, and I'm I'm telling you, this is this is frightening. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this is frightening because the ramifications, the ramifications. These, I, I mean, what's to stop anybody now? Anybody now from going to the police? Let, let, let me tell you. So, uh, this person, okay, who had the name uh, Jew, okay, um, sent Eichenwald a Twitter message, okay? So, he sent him a Twitter message. When Eichenwald clicked on the Twitter message, um, strobe lights became, became, started flashing on the screen. Then sent Eichenwald, so he says, into an epileptic seizure because Eichenwald has epilepsy. And he has, on more than one occasion, talked about his epilepsy. So, this guy, Jew Goldstein, 
very, very creative, Jew Goldstein, sent this strobe light. Now, think about this. Kurt Eichenwald didn't have to click on it. Kurt Eichenwald didn't even have to be on his computer. He didn't have to be on Twitter. And yet, he got the message, he clicked on it, it was a strobe light that sent him into a seizure, and his wife found him on the floor. This guy, Jew Goldstein, whose real name is John R. Ravello of Salisbury, Maryland, was arrested. I, I kid you not. He was arrested. The Justice Department arrested him on a criminal complaint charging him with cyber-stalking with the intent to kill or cause bodily harm. John R. Ravello could get 10 years in prison. Yes. <laughs> if you're speechless, if you're speechless doing <laughs> my job. Now, some of you might have heard this already. Some of you might have heard this already. And the affidavit filed said that uh, when they searched Ravello's uh, Twitter account, it showed that he had sent other messages about Eichenwald saying, I know he has epilepsy, and I hope this sends him into a seizure. Uh, The authorities also found an altered Wikipedia page in Ravello's iCloud account that showed a fake obituary for Eichenwald with a date of December 16th. Eichenwald's lawyer, Stephen Lieberman, said the use of a strobe light against a known epileptic was no different than a bomb sent in the mail or anthrax sent in an envelope. That made the incident different from other cyber-stalking cases where the intent is to cause psychological, not physical, harm. Eichenwald, 55, has some 319 Twitter followers uh, who's been critical of Trump throughout the presidential campaign last year. I don't know about critical. I mean, he, he, he downright was obsessed. He was... He, he, it might be a, a, a tie of who is more obsessed with Trump, Eichenwald or the guy that um, released Trump's taxes to Rachel Maddow. What was it, John Q or John Kelly, whatever his name was, whatever. I mean, that's all Eichenwald did was, was write articles about Trump. I mean, he used to be at the New York Times, but he's not there anymore. That Newsweek. Go figure. Guy's a nut job. And then it goes on to say when his wife found him on the floor December 15th, she first called 9-11 and then alerted the authorities to the message from Jew Goldstein. 
called the authorities. My, he's in a seizure on the floor. He opened up a message from Jew Goldstein. It's <laughs> Jew Goldstein. Eichenwald was incapac- incapacitated for days, lost feeling in one hand, and had trouble speaking for weeks, his lawyer told the Times. Since the attack, Eichenwald said 40 more accounts and sent him strobe light messages. He has passed their information on to the FBI. All right. I know this is a serious story because this is frightening. That here we are in this day and age. Okay? And people could go to jail for sending somebody a message in an email. You know, when Eichenwald's lawyer tried to compare sending a, you know, a, a bomb through the mail, no, it, it, there, there's no comparison. You send a bomb through a mail or anthrax in a letter, that thing is, is changing hands multiple times. Which, in turn, it gets to a mailbox. It gets to a, you know, an off... I mean, mean, there's no comparison. An unsuspecting person could get that package. It blows up in their hands. I mean, there's no comparison. You're talking about an email. You're talking about a, a Twitter message. You know how many emails I get that I never open? You don't open it. And I especially wouldn't be opening something from from, from somebody called Jew Goldstein. I mean, does that sound like somebody important? Does that sound like... A, a Twitter message that you should be opening? I mean, if you really want to get technical. Hmm, I got a message from Jew Goldstein. Let me open it up and see what's up. Hey, ah, I got strobe light. Are you kidding me? You're not even on, you're not even on the same ballpark. There's not, there's not even a comparison sending a bomb in the mail. Sending anthrax in the mail. Stop. Just just stop. Aside from the fact that with a computer, it's your computer. It's your email account. It's your Twitter account. It's your Facebook account. You control the messages and the information that you get. That's what's always completely baffled me about the whole bullying online. That that whole liberal made up whatever. It's just one of those liberal made up causes. Bullying online. You don't have to be online. 
You don't have to have a Facebook account. You don't have to have a Twitter account. You don't have to open up any message. You don't have to. It's not like being in school and you're sitting there like, oh, hi, teacher. Oh, hey, hey, what's going on, Frank? Boom, he hits you in the head. Listen, you're going to give me $5 a day, you, you piece of crap. You're sitting in your house. You turn on your computer, sign on to your email. You look at your incoming emails. And you're like, oh, here's one from my Aunt Esther. Oh, here's one from Frank at work. Oh, oh, here's one from my bank. And here's one from Jew Goldstein. You know what? I think I'm going to click on Jew Goldstein right now. because That sounds definitely important. Click. Get out of here. Or, or any other email. Where you're like, oh, let me click this. Click. I hate you. I think you're ugly. You're the ugliest, dumbest, stupidest person in school. I hope you die. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. I'm going to go kill myself. Stop. Cyberbullying. It's a, it's a made-up liberal situation to create more people to be quote-unquote, victims. I'm a victim of cyberbullying. What happened? Oh, well, on my Facebook page, (laughs) these people will comment on my pictures and call me names. Uh, Stop. Are you kidding me? Stop. When I'm on Twitter, I get private messages. And when I click on the messages, they depict two guys engaged in fellatio, and it calls me one of them homo. Stop. Just stop. Stop. Just stop. Stop. This is insane. Department arrested this guy. That's scary, man. (laughs) It's scary. Think about it. Think about how 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 effed up. Okay. Think about how effed up this entire situation is. You've got illegals. Okay. Legit illegals who commit a heinous crime. All right. Not talking about you know. Uh, 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 jaywalking. You have illegals that will commit heinous crimes. And you have cities, something like 600 of them, that will not comply with ICE. They, they, they basically ignore the request to hold these illegals and in turn they let them go they let them go fact 
F-A-C-T. Fact. And yet, the Justice Department is coordinating, because they would had to have had coordination with Maryland police, to travel. Get on an airplane, travel, because people from justice would have had to get on an airplane, get in a car, and travel, and arrest this guy for sending Kurt Eichwald a message from the alias Jew Goldstein of a strobe light, which in turn gave him an epileptic seizure, which I think is complete BS. And if you ever can go on YouTube and click on a bunch of old uh, uh, interviews that Eichenwald has done in the past year, you'll see the guy's a nut job. He's a certifiable nut job. Him not being able to move his arms and legs and weeks of physical... BS. Absolute BS. That's fake. But here's the Justice Department working with authorities in Maryland. And you would have to assume uh, Texas because the charges originated from Texas. So the Justice Department works with Texas, which then in turn works with Maryland, and they arrest this guy. But yet, just last week, something like 200 illegals were released. Out in Texas. This county in Texas. They, they ignored. The ICE requests. And they released something like 140. It was like 200 nationwide. But 140 of them coming out of this town in Texas. Yeah, you guys, you guys committed a crime. Some of you, uh, a pretty heinous crime. You know what? We're letting you go. See you later. But that Kurt Eichenwald, oh, we've got to, we've got to go arrest Jew Goldstein who sent him a Twitter message with a strobe light attached. Guys, it's that's scary, man. It's scary, and I don't even know what to make of it. Seriously, I don't know what to make of it. <sighs> because the department is now under the control of Jeff Sessions and, of course, Donald Trump, President of the United States. Remember, unlike Obama, who somehow was the president, but he wasn't in charge of anything. So anytime there's a problem with justice, it was justice's fault. Obama was always clear of everything. Any department, FBI, justice, CIA, state, no, 
It's all their fault. Benghazi, Hillary's fault. Furious, Eric Holder's fault. Somehow Obama, nope. Wasn't he the president? Yeah, but come on. He doesn't know what's going on with those departments. Come on, stop. Leave him alone. Leave, leave the first black president alone. Okay? Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha, little buddy. But as it pertains to Trump, he controls even the military. Soldier killed in Yemen, Trump's fault. So it perplexed me that Jeff Sessions is part of this. Trump is part of this. The only thing I could think of is this whole thing was initiated during the Obama administration. Right towards the end, because it was during the primaries. And December 15th, Trump wasn't president yet. He doesn't take office for another, what, three weeks? So this is still Loretta Lynch. This is still that crew. So I'm thinking holdovers went out and arrested Jew Goldstein. (laughs) But this is scary. So let's keep our eyes on this stuff, man. Let's see if this continues. Arresting people for sending strobe lights in, in, in messages. All right? It's a frightening thing. It's frightening. Talk about a, a you know, a, a communist country or a Nazi country and all these things that uh, we hear from the left as it pertains to Trump's presidency. To me, that, that is Nazi. That, communism. That is scary, scary stuff. To know you could possibly go to jail for 10 years for sending somebody a message that they open. And then they say it made them have a seizure. Scary, man. It's very scary. And the media is not talking about it anywhere. We'll be right back. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. Don't go away. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military, they're important. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military, they're important. And when I'm in the jam, when I'm in the jam, I know that I can call up the man, can call up the man with a plan. When I'm on the run, when I'm on the run, all I 
appreciate them more. Thank you, Lord, when they keep us safe, when they keep us safe. You know they make America a better We're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Scare, Rob Scare Show. I wish they would, 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 when we come out of these breaks, do the fader down. Please. Just, they're so abrupt with the new, ah, boom, and it ends. Come on. Get, get, get with it. Get with it. <laughs> get with it. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. And don't send me any uh, 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 strobe light messages. Well, you can if you want. I don't care. (laughs) Send me strobe light messages, damn it. I don't care. (laughs) Send me the... uh, (laughs) One of my guys that Eichenholt was back on Twitter a day later. How incapacitated could he have been? I think his wife will spill the truth. Uh, who knows what what kind of wife Eichenwald? What kind of who who would be with Eichenwald? Who would be with this guy? She must hate her vagina. <laughs> okay, she must hate her vagina, and <laughs> she must hate all three holes she has. Okay, Tom say. Tom, she must hate. Every, she must hit every hole that she has to be with Ike, to be with Ike involved. She must hate him. She must, she must, she must, like, at least once a night, sit in the bathroom with, like, a sledgehammer and just bash her vagina in. (laughs) She has to. Anybody that would be with with Kurt Eichenwald. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just I'm I know, I know, I'm a little I'm a little coarse. Okay. Alright. I'm a little coarse. That's wrong. And I'm sorry. Alright. Let's continue. So the outrage and it's you know I'm not going to say it's all Americans because I, I can't make a generalization like that. I, I'm not like the fake media. I'm not like CNN and MSNBC and make a generalization. Now, CNN will make that generalization because when they put a story, uh, the premise is to um, make people who read that story believe that there's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people that feel that way. Because they're reading it on CNN. CNN's telling them what to feel. They're showing people who are outraged. So in turn, the person who's reading that goes, oh, that must, yeah, that must be the, 
that must be the way it is with the rest of the country. And Okay, yeah. I mean, that's how the media does it. That's how Hollywood does it. That's how they all do it. You know, we've talked about this for the last year, two years. That's how they pull it off. They make people believe that something is acceptable or the norm. And when they do specials after special and article after article, and it's all about XYZ being the norm, and if you are not supportive of XYZ, you are not the norm. You're an outcast. You're a freak. So, of course... If you're in middle America and you don't live in Los Angeles or New York City, you're sitting there going, "Well, gee, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be looked at as a freak. I don't, you know. So, okay, I, I guess that's normal then. I guess that's the norm, and that's how they do it. So, the outrage today, and I watched CNN do it, and I was thinking, man, it wasn't that long ago. When the American people were completely fine, if they had to get a cavity check to get on an airplane. You know, 10 years after 9-11, I remember people were like, hey, you need to take my shoes off and my belt? You need, you, okay, whatever. As long as we don't have that happen again, I'm cool. Oh, I'm going to be inconvenienced for another, you know, an extra half hour. No problem. Oh, we're going to have air marshals. All right. Hey, whatever. Nope. Guys with guns on the plane. No problem. All right. And now you go to CNN and there's outrage. There's outrage. People are outraged. And you know what they're outraged about? That. There's a, a an airline electronics ban. And the headline on CNN is, the airline electronics ban is already causing confusion and frustration. <gasps> oh, no. Trump administrations order banning passengers from major airports in the Middle East and North Africa from flying with electronic devices on board is not even a day old, and its impact is already being felt. Through the WhatsApp and iMessage, CNN asked travelers who would be coming in from 10 airports covered by the ban how they'd be affected. This is what they said. Marissa and Adam, let me read you that. I I mean, it's like, really? Like, this is is a story. This is outrage safety? This is outrage safety? And these are all the same people. They they talk about global warming. Talk about, oh, my God, we're all going to die. If we don't do that, we're going to die. When are we going to die? Well, our children's 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 children. Really? So you're worried about five generations from now? But this, this, <laughs> you know, it's like this is pissing you off. 
Marissa and Adam Goldstein are from Boston, but live in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. They'll be flying with their twin daughters, Aya and Noah. We'll be flying through Emirates on Monday through Dubai with our twin 16-month-old daughters. This will be hard, as I was going to have them use our iPad to keep them occupied. Also, we use our laptops for work on these long flights. And their message is, so I'm flying back from Mumbai. Oh, so, so th- this is a different message. But anyways, others said the same thing. I'm flying with two toddlers on a seven-hour flight through Morocco from Italy, and now they have no iPad, no Kindle to read. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Imagine, on more than one occasion, domestic and international, there have been planes taken down, hijacked, exploded. Yet, not one human being, not one human being that I know of, has died. From global warming. Not one human being has died from global warming. Not one. But thousands, thousands have died on airplanes or because of airplanes as it pertains to a terrorist attack. And yet, Saeed Hussein lives in San Francisco Bay Area. He travels regularly to the United Arab Emirates and said he normally works 10 hours of the 16-hour flight. This sends a very negative message to people like me who want to explore business opportunities between North America and Middle East, he said. Oh, okay. Well, security, F safety. Just imagine. It wasn't that long ago. When after 9-11, or the underwear bomber, or a myriad of other incidences, where people were like, hey, you know what? Okay, body scanning, all right, but whatever. Let's, it's going to make us safe. It's going to make us safe. It's going to make us safe. All it takes is one thing to happen. One, just one thing. It's kind of like what somebody would say to me, because I, I, I don't like to fly. I'm, I'm nervous about flying. And I'm not talking about terror stuff or just flying. I, I just don't like to fly. I, the whole concept of this metal tube 
flying, staying in the sky. And I just, I know, I know. And this is my point. People go, dude, you know how unlikely it is to be in, a, in an airplane crash? And they give me all the statistics and I go, okay, yeah, but think about it. Every single person that's ever been in an airplane crash who's been afraid to fly, they've had a friend tell them that exact same thing. And while they're on that plane and it's going down into the water or it's exploding, what's the last thing, the last thing that's entering their mind before they see the, you know, the eternal afterlife is, you know what the odds of the plane crashing are? That, that's what you've got going in your head. So, every a-hole, like Sayyad Hussein, who's like, this sends a bad signal. What's, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't jerk off. Obviously, obviously, we picked up some intel. Because if this isn't the first time this has happened, obviously, we picked up some intel. Maybe was the intel with the Yemen raid. Who knows? But obviously, we picked up some intel that says we are going to try to get bombs onto iPads or laptops. Uh, you know, or or devices that are X amount size. Obviously, we got some intel. And here's this a-hole, Saeed Hussein, who's very upset. Because he's not going to be able to do any work for 10 hours. Are you Really? Wow. Again, these people, and I got to assume it's, hey, maybe, maybe they're not global warmers. But just imagine all the people who are like, we got to do this, and we can't frack, and we can't, uh, you know, drill here, we can't drill for there, we can't do this, global warming, and we're going to die, and this is going to happen, when's it going to happen? Well, we're not quite sure, but if this keeps going at this rate, we're going to die here, we're going to die, okay, all right, so you have no problem with disrupting global economy, our economy, uh, you know, uh, 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 people's lives, their jobs, you have no problem with doing that. Because you're taking precautions for your children's children's children. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. But saying you can't have a laptop on a flight going from, you know, United Arab Emirates to here is just inconvenient, is horrible, it's a disaster, it's it's the most heinous thing in the world F Trump it's you really Re- really really CNN 
this this is this is where we are just just so hell bent on trying to get as many people to despise Trump as humanly possible. Oh God. I mean, it's like, wow. Here's Paul P. Murphy. You ready? Hi, I'm an American. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm an American researcher in Iraq, set to fly to Doha on my way back to Washington on Monday. I'm here to collect extremely sensitive testimonies from survivors of ISIS occupation in Mosul, as well as with army, militia, and police leaders. Uh, these interviews, if leaked, could put uh, those who have suffered under ISIS occupation, as well as those fighting to liberate Iraq from ISIS terrorism and grave danger reprisals and exploitation. Sending these interviews over encrypted servers is challenging from Iraq, so I keep them on my computer hard drive normally. With the electronics ban, I cannot do so, so I cannot risk these data being stolen or falling into the wrong hands. Policymakers need to understand these kinds of impacts for their plans. I'm not sure how I will transfer my interviews now. Ugh. If these interviews and, and this information was, you know, that sensitive and he was part of the government, I'm sure there would be, um, you know, a, a black box briefcase made. Again, this is just, this is CNN creating the illusion that there's millions of people that are inconvenienced by this unnecessary electronics ban. And how dare the Trump administration, TSA, DHS, FBI, how dare they do this? And they're only doing this to make life miserable for the American people. I'm a manager at a TVI agency in New York City, and passengers are paranoid about their valuable laptops and sensitive and uh, information being stolen from checked baggage. You know what? Because of these people's concerns, F all of us. If a terrorist could, could put a bomb in a laptop or, or, or some type of device and something... Remember, that plane that got taken down, uh, was it last year? They, they think it was taken down by a, a Coke can bomb. A bomb that was made uh, in a Coke can. And it was concealed in the food cart. It's really nothing to to put some type of um, remember, all you need is a, is a bullet-sized hole in the fuselage of a plane, and it's over. It's done. So basically, what CNN is telling everybody is, hey, 
this electronics ban is unnecessary. It's foolish. It's stupid. And it's inconveniencing all of these people. Bad. Department of Homeland Security, you're bad. You're all bad. This is stupid. But global warming, we got to do everything we can do to make sure global warming is under control. That way our children's 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 children don't die. But for the people today that are traveling, F them. <laughs> F them. Because this jack-off in San Francisco wants his computer so he could do work on a 10-hour flight. This is, this is where we are, man. This is where we are in this country with the liberals, the media, Hollywood, being in this frenzy because of Trump. We're, we're effing doomed. It's Rob Zakaria. It's Rob Zakaria Show. I'll be right back after these words. Yeah. Uh. Build a wall that just got 10 feet higher. Build a wall that just got 10 feet strong. Build a wall that just got 10 feet higher. And build and build and build and just build a wall. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. You know, it's it's funny because I know we were talking about this, so you know, why are we going back to it? So CNN, like I said, they have the airline electric uh, electronics ban is already causing confusion and frustration. But if you go to Sky News, it says U.S. officials reportedly confirmed the reasons for the sudden decision to block laptops and other devices on nine airlines. Intelligence officials in the U.S. believe terrorists are affecting explosive devices small enough to fit inside consumer electronics in an attempt to bring down commercial airliners. The concern is behind the decision to ban large electronic devices in the cabins on direct U.S. bound flights from a number of destinations in the Middle East and North Africa. A similar ban was put into place by authorities in the U.K. with other countries expected to follow. Uh, U.S. media's quoted officials confirmed the move is linked to a threat from al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, and it has been prompted by recent intelligence. The group boasts one of the world's most feared bomb makers, Abrim Hassan al-Salali. Authorities are concerned about plots similar to an incident in Somalia last February when a bomb was hidden in a laptop 
blew open the side of a plane but failed to bring it down. Only the bomber was killed. Members of Congress were briefed on classified intelligence behind the ban at the weekend. Adam Schiff, ugh, that douche, the senior Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee said, these steps are both necessary and proportional to the threat. We know the terrorist organizations want to bring down aircraft and have continued to employ creative ways to try and outsmart detection methods. So here's Sky News, and this is the only information that CNN should be putting out there. It shouldn't be a bunch of stories about passengers who are all distraught because their snotty-nosed prick kids can't play on their iPad and watch cartoons for 10 hours. Instead, it should be an article that shows Ibram Hassan al-Salali and talking about how he's perfected making a bomb in a laptop. That's it. No. CNN. These douchebags. I mean, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. CNN never ceases to, they just, they never cease to amaze me. They never cease to amaze me. Never cease to amaze me. Just amazing. That that's that's the only information that should be put out there. That's it. The uh, you know these people that are inconvenienced and they're bitching and moaning. Stupid. 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 All right, not to get back onto that, but let's wind up. Touch on that. <sighs> Healthcare. What what's what is what are we gonna do with this? Seriously, you guys. Seriously, what are we gonna do about this? Huh? What are we gonna do about this? I want to know what we're going to do about this. I mean, not me, not you, per se. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I don't see... I don't see how this becomes... I don't see how this... What gets passed in the house? I, I, I totally can see how it gets passed in the house. But the overall picture, especially from Rand Paul, how does this get passed without having the free market or, as Trump would say, the lines? How does this bill get passed without the famous lines? Seriously. How does this how does this get passed? Without having a free market trading, or free market trade, free market clause where you can buy insurance from, uh, you know, Geico in in Louisiana or or wherever. It's not Blue Cross of uh, Blue Shield of California or 
uh, Etna of Louisiana or, or wherever. How? Trump ran on lines. He got made fun of by little Marco because Trump kept saying lines. Get rid of the lines. You got to get rid of the lines. You need to have competition. The lines, the lines, the lines. How does the bill get passed without the lines? How does this happen? How does this happen? I don't know how it's going to shake out. Seriously. And, and, and we've kind of stayed away from this. You know that. Stayed away from this because ultimately it still has to get to Rand Paul and McCain and that crew. So whatever's in that bill now ultimately is going to get altered. So my question is, does it get altered? Senate? Or is this just a, and I talked about this before, is this just a move to get rid of Paul Ryan? Is this a move to get rid of the point? You know, we we pontificated about this a week or so ago. Because if Paul Ryan can't get this through, he's done. You know that. If Paul Ryan can't get this through, it's done. You can't be the Speaker of the House and have a bill Named after you, Ryan Care, if you you know wanna <laughs> if you want if you wanna call it that. And have everybody take a big dump on it. Now if it gets through the house, okay. But if the Senate rejects it, like flat out rejects it, how does Ryan Keep his speakership. And remember, we said from day one, this could just be a, 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 not ruse, but a game that Trump is playing because Ryan was a little prick who played all those games with Trump during the primaries. And Trump knows, Bannon knows, that if this bill doesn't work, if they can't get it passed, Ryan's done. Because how do you get any other legislation through? But I will say, and I've said it before, it, it, it's, it's not the uh, be-all, end-all for me, as far as if Trump... Uh, if the bill gets passed without, uh, you know, the lines, but I will be extremely disappointed. I will be extremely, I, I would rather, if I had to trade off, I would rather not have the wall, but be able to cross state lines to buy health insurance. 
to me, if Trump is going to go back on a promise, I would rather have Trump go back on building the wall than the lines. Because ultimately, uh, those lines that Trump was famous for saying will give all of us the cheapest insurance humanly possible. And those of you who are too young to remember, let me try to, to, to flush this out for you. Many, many, many years ago, you actually had insurance agents. I mean, there's still insurance agents out there today. Believe it or not, my parents still have an insurance agent. Because they ha- it was, it was a, my dad's good friend. And when uh, he retired, he left the company to the kids. And so in turn... My parents stayed with, you know, the insurance company because of the dad, even though my mom could go to Geico or Progressive and get a cheaper policy. But at one time, car insurance, homeowner's insurance, that industry was not what it is today. So you had people that were brokers. There, there weren't Geico's and there weren't progressives. There, there wasn't this battle to see who could give you the best coverage for the cheapest price. Nobody in health does that. Nobody. Rather, it's Blue Cross, Aetna, uh, uh, Kaiser. You never see commercials where somebody goes, we're going to give you the best health care, cover all of your ailments, all of your things for the lowest price. You never see that. You just don't see it. Now, if Trump gets rid of the lines, you'll see that. You will see that. That's all it really takes. All it would take to fix the health care system. Get rid of the lines. Once you get rid of those lines, You will see insurance companies popping up. You'll start seeing insurance companies like Progressive. You'll see you'll see a a, a, you know a a a doctor character like they do when Edie or whatever the girl is for Progressive, where she's all over the place, or Geico. You know, you'll see a little cartoon character of I don't know a a. <laughs> a cancer cell. He's like, oh, hello, I'm the cancer cell. Hello. <laughs> I, I don't know. But you would see commercials like Geico and Progressive, Allstate, 
you would see those, but they would be for health insurance. And you would see people going, oh, we'll get you covered for $100. I mean, I, like I said, I, I pay $68 a month for my car insurance. I know it's the basic policy, but even if I wanted the, the Cadillac, the Bentley, the Maserati of car coverage, I, I think I'd pay 150 bucks, 120 bucks. No, I'm just a cheapskate, so I want the cheapest plan. You know, I went like just what I need, just what the 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 state requires, and just what my 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 car company that that I finance my car from. Whatever, it's like, what do I need? Okay, what's required? I could get a million dollars, a million. So, you know, I I don't see how this plays out. If uh, if the lines are are still there, but we'll see. It's Rob's Carry, it's Rob's Carry show. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. The lines. 2015, during a press conference, Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure, saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now, this would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. I know, you know, my constituents in eastern Iowa know you don't need to be a cat burglar to hack into an email server, and you don't need a cloth to wipe a server clean. One would think that a former United States senator, one would think that a former Secretary of State would know this as well. Would you agree with that statement? You would think, although as I said before, one of the things I've learned in this uh, case is that the the Secretary may not have been as sophisticated as people assume. She didn't have a computer in her office at the State Department, for example. So I I don't think, so I would assume the same thing about someone who had been a Senator and a high-ranking official. I'm not sure it's a fair assumption in this case. All right, we're back. That was uh, oh, that was everybody's uh, uh, <laughs> that was everybody's favorite deep state operative, James Comey. I'm telling you guys, if you don't think James is part of the deep state, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what else to uh, uh, I I I don't know what else to tell you, but. Trust me, James Comey is part of the deep state. Remember that. Part of the deep state. Even though, according to Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN and all the other media outlets, there is no such thing as a deep state. When somebody that's inside the government does something like leak classified information, things of that nature, that's not the deep state. They are patriots. They are. They're patriots. They're not deep state. They're not trying to undermine the government. No, 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 no. They're patriots. And they just disagree with Trump. They disagree with his policy. They disagree with the way uh, Trump views whatever department that that person's from. 
So in turn, those people are being patriots by doing all that they can to protect their department and their view of the right policy. I, I kid you not, that, that's the rationale from the left. That's the rationale from these individuals when they call people like me whack jobs for talking about the deep state. Oh, you're crazy. You're, there's no deep state. And how many times have I said this before? If you're part of the government, just like if you're part of a football team or if you're part of a huge corporation and you've been part of middle management or, or, or maybe lower management, maybe no management, you've just been one of the grunts, one of the workers, and you've been doing what you've been doing with that team or with that company for 10 years. And a new boss comes in, a new uh, a front office, a, a new CEO, a new president. And they're going to do things differently. The only thing you should be doing is going along with the program. If not, you resign. You quit. I mean, that's how it was always supposed to be in politics. That's how it was always supposed that. That's how it is. You have a left and you have a right. You have different views on different positions. It's not like having two people on the left who ultimately have the same view of where they want to go. They just have a different take on how to get there. But ultimately, the end game, they both agree on. Someone from the right, their end game is completely different. So it makes complete sense for somebody to go, you know what, I'm uh, resigning because ultimately the boss and the people around the boss and people that I'm answering to have a different thought process than me. They, They have a different end game than me. You don't go, oh, you know what? I'm going to undermine them. That's what I'm going to do. And then call it being a patriot. Because let's face it, if the roles are reversed, there's not a single person on the left who would be uh, categorizing anyone on the right as a patriot that was inside the Obama administration undermining it. They would not be considered patriots. They'd be considered traitors. I mean, if you think about it, they'd be considered traitors. 
No, I mean they would. There, there, there would be no. There's, they are. Let me tell you something. If if you flipped what was going on, the word deep state would be on TV twenty four hours a day. Jake Tapper would all. Jake Tapper would be talking about the deep state ad nauseum. Every day he'd be talking about deep state, deep state, deep state. He wouldn't be saying, oh, oh, listen, these are just patriots. These are just patriots. They're not trying to undermine the Obama administration. They're patriots. No, nobody, nobody would be saying that. So, listen, Comey, uh, Comey is just try and 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 mark my words, mark my words, okay, mark my words. All of this is going to get flushed out. Because there is no collusion. Trump and Trump's people and the Russians. There's no collusion. Well, even if you think about this, let, let's just let's just play let let let's just play into the game a little. What would the collusion be? What what would the collusion be? What would um, Roger Stone, okay, what, what would Roger Stone, what would he be doing that would be colluding with the Russians as far as the hacks on the DNC and Hillary Clinton? We already know that nobody hacked John Podesta's email. We know that. He was fished. He got sent one of those emails that say, hey, you got to change your password. And he went, oh, God, really? So he was fished. Once he was fished, whoever that person was had those emails. Once they had those emails, they sent them to WikiLeaks. Well, what, I, I mean, again, what's colluding? What is it that a Trump, that or Trump for that matter, what is it that would have been colluding? What is it? That, that, that's the thing. Nobody could say what it is. Nobody could say what it is. Trump and his team colluded with the Russians. Okay, but what did they collude to do? What what did they collude? You, nobody nobody will say what it is anybody colluded to do. What were they all in cahoots to do? If you've got a bunch of Russian hackers, okay, 
who are sitting in a, 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 a house somewhere. They're, they're sitting in the Kremlin. Let's say that. Let's just keep playing the game. They're sitting in the Kremlin. And they fished Podesta's email account. And they went, boy, he's stupid. While they're taking shots of Stoli. And all these emails. And they're like, look at these emails. I know, it sounds like Contracula. I'm not a good Russian nut. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a good... I'm not a good Russian accent uh, person. Okay, so now they get these emails. Now they, they send them to WikiLeaks. Julian Assange. Okay? It's not like they needed an introduction. <laughs> you know? If I had emails from Obama. Let's just say for the sake of argument, I had these secret emails from Obama where he's, you know, emailing Michelle and he's like, oh, I can't wait. Now we can get a divorce. I'm out of the White House. I'm just going to go hang out on this, this, this island, Marlon Brando's island. And, oh, yeah, okay, but let's pretend. What do you think? I, 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 I can't reach out to WikiLeaks. You don't think I, I could reach Anybody can reach out to them. Hey, how you doing, WikiLeaks? They're on effing email or on, they're on Twitter. Hey, WikiLeaks, can you guys hit me? Can you DM me? But don't send me one of them Kurt Eichenwald strobes. I got some, some good stuff. I mean, easy, done. What, there's no colluding. You don't need someone to collude to do that. So where is the collusion? Where's the collusion? Where's the Russians in, in, in Moscow calling the Trump camp, calling Hope Hicks, going, Hello, Hope Hicks. We just want to tell you that we will be sending wiki. The email of Jake Tapper begging with Podesta for guidance and support tomorrow. So if you want to talk about it, tell Mr. President Trump to talk about it tomorrow. Is that, where's the collusion? Is that what they did? Is that what they did? Or did the Trump campaign go... Hey, boss, did you see what uh, WikiLeaks put out today? What'd they put out? One of these associates is calling Chelsea Clinton a spoiled brat. Oh, my God, that's crazy. What, what was the collusion needed? Nobody could seem to, to pinpoint that. Nobody could seem to tell anybody what that collusion was. Not even James Comey, Mr. Deep State himself. I mean, he knows what's in the heart of Vladimir Putin. He hated Hillary Clinton. He hated her. He hated her. And he wanted Donald Trump to win. Hated her. Hated her. So he knows that, but he can't seem to tell us where the collusion is. Now, money? 
Don't give me that Rachel Maddow stuff from 2005, uh, Russian goalie garks who purchased above market price for Donald Trump's mansion, whatever the hell it is, on the if come that 15 years later he'd become the president and then he would owe that Russian oligarch a favor. Don't, don't give me that. Don't give me that conspiracy kook. Isn't it funny? Alex Jones. Alex Jones, granted, some of his stuff is pretty kooky. But he did pull out the whole TVs are spying on us. And he was, he was pretty dead on there. But Alex Jones, you know, he, 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 he talks about some kooky stuff. Sandy Hook and that being a hoax. And, and he gets dumped on. On a regular basis, he's 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 considered a joke. He's a laughing stock. Would Trump go on his show? Trump laughing stock, and yet the media, from Hack Tapper to Rachel Maddow, could talk about these grand Russian conspiracy, uh, golden shower dossier. I mean, just crazy unsubstantiated, I mean, there's not a single person that's come out with proof of any of this stuff, but yet, this is all taken as gospel. And yet, anybody that listens to Alex Jones or InfoWars is a nut job, is a kook, is a, is a fringe lunatic, But yet, for 22 minutes, Rachel Maddow's talking about people docking boats next to Trump and 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 oligarchs and and Russian just wacky, complete conspiracy chemtrail stuff. It's, It's crazy. It's nutty, and it's the Democrats. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari show. All right, listen to me, guys. We are done for the night. You guys have been great. As always, it's closing time. One more time for alcohol. Make up your mind. <laughs> closing time. Time for me to go cook some meat. And watch my girlfriend watch the voice. I know she is watching Adam Levine. I know she is watching Adam Levine. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. You guys are the best. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are Rob Zakari Show on Twitter. Go there. Damn it. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, be uh, be safe. Be strong. Don't take any wooden nickels. Be wary. If you ever get a Twitter instant message from anybody named Jew Goldstein. Was that it? Jew Goldstein? Yeah. If you're on Twitter and you get an instant message from somebody named Jew Goldstein, don't open it. Okay, don't open it. Virtual punch to the face. Okay, so uh, somebody might virtually take a 
a dreidel and stab you in the eye with it. So, any instant messages talking about Jew Goldstein, don't open them. Be safe. Be strong. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You're the best audience. Uh, Don't forget, 7 p.m., the Rob's Carey Show. Be good. See ya. Hugh Goldstein, signing off. (laughs) I think...